Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. I'm Ahmad Akhtar. Singapore's headline inflation nudged up in September, reversing from four months of declines. Headline inflation for the month grew to 4.1% on year from August's 4%. Core inflation, meanwhile, which excludes accommodation and private transport, eased to an 18-month low, dropping to 3% year-on-year in September, down from 3.4% in the preceding month. So what do these numbers indicate about the health of Singapore's economy moving forward? Well, to tell us more, I've got with me on the line now, Samana Rajaratnam. He's the director for Southeast Asia at the Economist Intelligence Corporate Network and also the co-founder of MyBasket.sg, which is an inflation calculator that may help us plan our finances better. Samana, welcome to the show. Thanks, Imad. How are you doing? Very good, thanks. Samana, let's start with the core and headline inflation numbers that were released at the start of this week. Were they in line with your expectations? Yes, pretty much. Inflation came in line with our expectations at the Economist Intelligence Unit. That number of 4.1 is slightly higher, and it was a 0.5% increase month on month. That's still the highest it's been for about 13, 15 years. So inflation is proving to be rather sticky. And that's not only in Singapore, that's globally. But it is sort of coming down while being sticky, right? So it's maintaining the same level. All right, if we dive a little bit deeper into that. In which categories have we seen the steepest price gains this year? And is that trend set to continue moving forward? Yeah, so categories is a good thing to mention. And the way that the Monetary Authority of Singapore measures inflation is by bunching it into 10 different categories. Food has increased this year by about 6.4, transport by about 6.8%, recreation and culture, which is your movies and entertainment and things like that, about Mm. 6.2%. So those are in the category level, and that's over the year. But if you're looking at a five-year view, the numbers are a bit different, right? So transport over five years has increased by 34%, education 8.2%, and food, which includes what many people consider you know, the cheaper food options in Singapore, which is hawkers and things like that, 16% over the last five years. So it really depends on what you're looking at, which goods, what categories, and the time frame. All right. We also had industrial production numbers that came out yesterday. Total factory output fell just over 2% in September. That's quite an improvement from the over 12% contraction in August. Are we perhaps seeing hopes of a turnaround after what was a year-long slump? Yes, it's looking pretty good. I mean, it's nothing to be really excited about. We are in a global environment that's pretty tepid, so nothing spectacular. But manufacturing, which is what industrial production is all about, is a huge part of Singapore's economy, and that's nudging up. And next year, we expect it to pick up a little bit as well. So we're seeing a nascent recovery now. And hopefully, as the external sector globally picks up a little bit next year, that will help Singapore as well. All right. Speaking of next year, we have GST that's set to increase to 9% from the current 8% on the 1st of January. How do you expect this to impact inflation? Well, GST increases, you know, any kind of tax increases, especially ones that are broad-based like GST, which affect a lot of consumers, will have an impact on inflation, right? So it will push up inflation slightly. There's several other things to consider. One is that, you know, GST has been nudged up, right? It hasn't been a sudden increase. There has been clear indication of how much it's going to go up and by when. So consumers have been prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, last month, Lawrence Wong, our Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister, also unveiled the support package, right, which will help people through transfers and vouchers and rebates, especially 
targeted at sort of low and middle income households to help with GST increases. And overall, you know, GST increase is probably a good thing because it allows the Singapore government to collect some money and put it in a better fiscal situation. So yes, impact on inflation is there. I think it will be expected, so not so much. And there's support for people out there as well. All right. Speaking of money or perhaps income even, there's been concerns that wage increases are not keeping up with the pace of inflation. Do you expect that to change moving forward? It hasn't. So you're absolutely right. You know, when you look at the average numbers, it doesn't look like it. Last year, if you look at real wages, which is wages minus inflation, you know, wages actually increased by around 6.5% last year, which is 10 year high. But then once you strip out inflation, that's only about 0.4%. So, you know, imagine your monthly take home going up by less than 1%, right? So wage increases have been high, but they haven't really been keeping up with inflation. We expect that to change slightly next year as inflation comes down a little bit. All right. Some of the other upside risks to inflation include perhaps fresh shocks to global energy prices due to geopolitical conflicts, like the one we are witnessing between Israel and Hamas. The energy transition is also inherently inflationary. Companies are being compelled to invest less in fossil fuel energy at a time when the cost for renewables remain slightly high. And the market has labeled this as green inflation. Singapore is also going to be raising its carbon tax to about $25 per tonne for greenhouse gas emissions in 2024 and 2025. Is this phenomenon of green inflation going to factor into our daily decision making? Yes, I think it will. In the short term, what we are seeing because of what you described, the war in Israel and Palestine, and also before that, the war in Ukraine, the renewable transition was kind of going on at a pretty good clip. These events happened, plus the pandemic that raised prices. And so, you know, countries all around the world just needed to get energy, right? Whatever color it was, whether it was green or some other color, because they needed to give that to their population. So we'll see a slight increase in prices, especially. I think in the long term, the war in Ukraine especially has taught us that we, there is a geopolitical discount on green energy. I mean, typically, Singapore is not probably an exception to that. You produce green energy in your country and you consume it in your country, and then you rely less on imports from other countries, which should, in theory, make you more resilient. So as renewable energy prices come down, which will take a while because all of the inputs are also higher now because of inflation and commodity prices are higher, but as those prices come down, that will benefit us in the long term. So the difference between the short-term picture, which is higher prices, mm. and hopefully a long-term picture, which is lower prices. All right. I can't let you go without asking you about your personal passion project, if I may call it that, mybasket.sg. How does this platform work and what do you hope Singaporeans can gain from it? Well, it's really, you know, the theory is that when you look at an inflation number, mm. say it's 5% in Singapore, 5% in Malaysia, you don't typically understand what that means for you, right? Because it might not feel like 5% for you because you have each person and each individual has a different basket of goods that you buy. I just heard that you were dressed up as a clown for Halloween a couple <laughs> of years ago, you know, and you, you might buy those things more than I, you know, you might spend more on food, I might spend more on transport. So everybody has their own individual mm. basket. And what this tool allows is for you to kind of pick your basket and figure out what your inflation has been. So it's a tool to help you manage your finances and hopefully become smarter about it. And it was driven also by the fact that knowledge about inflation tends to help control it. Right, That's a new research by the World Bank and the IMF. So putting that all together, we are hoping that the main function is for people to just understand inflation and mm. understand how their spending has changed. And then hopefully it helps in some way. All right. And is this a money-making venture or is it just purely you know, an altruistic one? 
It's purely out of interest. So I did it with a friend of mine. He's the co-founder. It's Benjamin Go. We used to work together. And it's purely out of interest, driven by our understanding, maybe quite nerdy, about uh, inflation <laughs> and the lack of understanding of it. But Iman, if you know how to make money from it, please let me know. <laughs> I will do. I will do. Simon, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye. We've been in conversation with Simana Rajaratnam. He's the director for Southeast Asia at the Economist Intelligence Corporate Network and also the co-founder of MyBasket.sg. It is a rather apt inflation calculator that helps Singaporeans plan their finances better. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.